Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Around Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 30th, 2020. Week three of NFL action is in the books. As uh, we close down in September here and head to week four, got our first COVID scares uh, starting for this season, so might be getting kind of weird here. But uh, before we recap last week, let's uh, head on over to uh, Minnetonka and bring in Crab. How you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not doing too bad. How, uh, how about yourself? Other than my, my weekend last week, everything else going pretty good. And I guess then the Vikings and Twins and just Minnesota sports in general is uh, pretty brutal. But beyond that, everything yeah. else is good outside of sports, sports-wise. Yeah, pretty devastating. It's pretty uh between the Twins, yeah, like you said, the Vikings, pretty tough there. And I kind of already wrote them off as of last week, and they actually had a pretty decent effort, which is just about right, which we'll get into the recap here. But then, yeah, you look at the Twins. In baseball, of course, I don't know, I look at the series price there about minus a buck and 75, something like that. They're pretty big favorites to win the series and now down 0-2 here early after being two favorites in their home games. Yeah, pretty frustrating from, uh, like you said, Minnesota fan point all the way around. Just pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah, it's only a three game series. So they're, they're ousted right away, right out of the shoot, which like I, I, the only, the only solace I take is in the kind of goofy, half baseball season it would be obviously cool to win it but i don't think it would be nearly as um you know like gratifying to win kind of the short goofy year as opposed to a totally normal season so maybe that's just a <laughs> rationalization of the loser but that's kind of the way i'm taking it and just saying yeah, i'd rather have them win in the full season anyway so let's uh kind of get done with these goofy weird uh half seasons and move on to the back to the normal stuff but anyway, let's uh, start it off here and recap a little week three of the NFL. The weekend recap. All right, so how'd you do last week? Uh, for me, it wasn't, wasn't a great week. It wasn't as bad as it was the week before, but definitely wasn't as good as that I liked. And pretty much the one game that cost me was that Minnesota game, like I already alluded to earlier a few minutes ago. It was just pretty rough. I had that under and the and the Tennessee laying the points there, less than a field goal. I thought it was a pretty good play. Of course, like we you talked about and we talked about before the game, it just, you know, everybody and their mother was on Tennessee there. That's the one thing that was the biggest problem. And, and the, at the end of the day, Vikings are probably the better team or definitely should have covered the point spread. So, and, you know, hats off there. That, that total was really frustrating. You're just having all these plays. The, the offense just came alive out of nowhere and wasn't the right side at all, but just, you know, pretty frustrating from what we've seen, not only the first two games from the Vikings, but even going into the end of last season, how poor that offensive looked. And then they got rid of Diggs, obviously. That was one of their big weapons, along with Thieland. And then all of a sudden, so yeah, they just came out and, and played well from an offensive perspective and, and had some explosive plays. So, yeah, those are two bad bets, and that pretty much cost me my weekend, but I ended up losing just a little bit. 
So what are you going to do? It's been a pretty pretty rough start for me here to start this season. It's been uh, trying to get back on the on the grind here and get back on the positive streak for sure. It's been uh, putting the work in and feel like I'm having some good plays and some good positioning. I'm getting some good numbers, which at the end of the day, that's where I'm going to judge my long-term success. is going to be the judge judged off the closing line value, which of course is where you're getting ahead of the number or whether it be a total or a spread, making sure you're beating the market. And I've been doing that pretty well this year. So I'm hoping that uh, long-term results will be a little bit better here. Yeah, neither of us counted on old uh, Justin Jerry Rice Jefferson exploding for a buck seventy and touchdown for the Vikes yeah. after he, was, he needed to find him on a milk carton for the first few. Yeah, didn't even get couple. used the first couple. Didn't even know he's on the field for the first couple games. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It's super frustrating for me. I ended up going zero and four and lost my pick of the week. And uh, I had Houston who was catching points and was leading the whole game. I had Atlanta who was laying less than a field goal and leading by twenty the whole game and. Dallas, who was in a coin flip game catching five and a half and found a way not to cover after a couple penalties and made two point conversion for Seattle and, you know, they lose by seven. So, uh, had the Minnesota under that was basically dead the whole, whole way, which didn't work out too good. But then the other three were all, you know, three quarters of the way through the game. I got to be a huge favorite. And what could have easily been a three and one week turns into an own four weeks. So that just kind of seems like, uh, the way it's gone here. I don't know what. I don't know when you start yeah trying to evaluate process. It's like well if you know giving giving myself those positions, I'd feel pretty good about it, and maybe that's just the way the NFL goes. But I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully uh, that kind of works way regresses its way back uh, in my favor here going forward. Um. All right. Let's do uh, getting the best of the number. I know there's a few qualifiers for that. Getting the best of the number. All right, Rob. So which games? Did uh, the number come into play last well, last week? Yeah, we had a few examples. First one here, Rams-Buffalo, that spread. Buffalo opened three-point favorites uh, against the Rams here, and then that went down a little bit, crept down to two and a half, pretty much across the board at close. And, of course, that pretty pretty epic game of, I don't want to call it epic, but whatever you want to call it, a pretty exciting game. Did not sound as toolish, but uh, yeah, the first half was, was all epic. Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. First half was all Buffalo, and then second half, it was, it was all Rams. Definitely a... Uh, two halves of, of the game, but then Buffalo had that one drive at the end to, to tie it up, or to, to tie, tie the spread, I guess I should say, if you had a plus three. So 35-32 is the final right on three. So, again, you wouldn't have been able to win if you bet Buffalo, but or if you bet uh, the Rams, but you could have at least got a push out of it instead of losing if you take it at two and a half before close. So that's a good example how important that key number of three is uh, right there, obviously. Uh, next one, Cincy Philly. This one's a little bit more of a nitpicky one, but I'll throw it in quick. There's for, uh, for the total, 46, 46 and a half is, is where it opens, kind of a split opener, and then kind of got bet up. It closed 46 and a half, 47. Uh, this is, of course, pretty bad beat if you had that over 23, 23 tie there. 46 total uh, was a total score there for that game, of course, just the tie in overtime. So that was a little bit more brutal, but again, uh, not a great example because there's just more of a split line of the opener. The next one's uh, probably the best example I have all week, that Monday night game. Definitely a game that everyone was waiting for. The two highest power rated teams in the, in the league kind of wasn't as exciting as you'd like it to be and not as competitive, but this one, the total came into play, uh, between Baltimore and Kansas City. This one opened 52 and of course, as you'd expect, a lot of over money. It closed as high as 55 and this one here landed 34 to 20 right on 54 points. So right through the, right through the number there. So it was a really good example here in the getting the best of the number segment. Yeah. I think that's just a good. You know, a really important concept in general is if, if you do look and you like the favorite or the over in the primetime games, 
whether it be Thursday and specifically Sunday or Monday, don't wait until, you know, Monday 10 minutes before kick or, you know, to the Sunday night game. Don't wait till all the rest of the games are over and then say, all right, I'm low, I got to bet the night game. What do I like here? And then decide on the favorite. It's like, you know, if, unless you don't have any money in your accounts and you're just rolling over wherever you have and you have to wait. But if you're able to, uh, you know, you might as well bet those earlier because very rarely does the, uh, the number come down, whether it be total or favorite. And if, unless it's just a really obvious public underdog or two super big under teams, you know, then maybe it, it, it would, but a large majority of the time, especially like last week when you got two popular teams that are known for really good offenses, you know, the numbers go nowhere but up. So something you want to jump on early if you do like that, kind of like I was saying with the Saints a couple weeks ago. I was like, you want to want to get after this one here before, before Monday night. So, all right. Uh, we're going to do a little something different here with the pod. Instead of doing every game uh, and, and, you know, having an hour-plus podcast, we're going to try to condense it down a little bit. So what we're going to do is we're going to take turns picking our uh, top five favorite games of the week. And uh, let's go back and forth, and then we'll still do our, our favorite pick of uh, of our five at the end of the podcast with our pick of the week. So let's start it off here, Rob, and uh, you might as well go first. Yeah, I got the tee box. Like Frank said, just uh, to reiterate and kind of add on to that, just going to switch with the format here. I know I'm busy with a lot of work stuff. It just gets to be pretty hard between doing all the podcasts, post pre-production, post-production, just a lot of time. Of course, we're not charging anything. We don't have any advertisers kind of do it for uh, – I mainly do it just to keep me motivated and get my numbers down and, of course, try to beat the market. So definitely something I want to continue doing. But, again, it's just time-consuming. So instead of just – Definitely, I think uh, the best move would just be kind of try to get the podcast a little bit shorter. So let's get into my first game here, which was the format we're going to try to stick with here, see how it works this week, and we'll go from there. But my first game is going to be Arizona at Carolina. And like I'll do, like we did before, I'm going to still give my power rating number. The Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas, the look-head line, which was the line that's bettable from the week before, so we can kind of see how much the line's adjusted from one week of play to see how much of an overreaction the market has. It's a good barometer there. And I'm also going to give the opener of that line, which is going to be on Sunday or sometimes Monday, depending on injuries. And then uh, the total, what the total opens. So you can kind of get, again, a barometer of where, where this market's moving and, and where the, the bookmakers' heads are and, and the betters' heads are at. So, like I said, Arizona, Carolina, this is the game I picked first. And the power rating here for me is Arizona minus four. Look at line, Arizona three and a half. And that got bet up all the way up to Arizona five. And then opener here. After Sunday night's, or sun, sun, not Sunday night, but Sunday's day game, it opened Arizona four and a half, and the total here opened 51. Uh, for me, I'm going to look at the, the spread here. It seems like a little bit of a buy low opportunity. Like I said, that look headline closed at Arizona five. Now we're looking at, um, I see some Arizona's three with some extra juice. So that's where I'm going to be looking. If you can get that three, I think it's going to be really important here. Uh, not, I'm not, not super high in Arizona, but I don't, I think Carolina's getting a little bit too much love after that, that victory last week. I didn't, I don't, I don't, I didn't think much of that. It was, it was, it was somewhat impressive, but they're plus, I think plus three in turnovers, which when they win the turnover battle like that and still were, could have lost that game outright, that's a pretty big red flag for me. So I think that's a, a, a buy off sign for me on Carolina. And then Arizona, I think is in a pretty good spot here after, after a game against Detroit, which I think Detroit is kind of was in a spot to, to win one of those games finally. So they uh, took a tough game. Murray didn't play that great, but I still think that they're quite a bit better team here and not with a huge home field advantage, obviously, in, in this uh, this season for the NFL with with everything going on. So I think this is, like I said, a pretty good spot for Arizona. 
if you can get that three. I'm not going to be betting it until probably closer to kickoff. I don't see a huge move here, but I'm going to be watching the, the market here. But definitely like a three and uh, see if I can get any something better too because we uh, we talked about it too. If like a three and a half here isn't a good bet, I don't think, just because you got to wait until, you know, if it does come down to three or creep down to two and a half, we saw some movement like that last week, kind of like with that Atlanta game, how that got bet down and it, uh, just, again, how, how important that number is. So three and a half is, is definitely not a bet for me here, but if you can get three, a little bit extra juice is the Arizona is where I'm looking at. All right. Um, yeah, I don't don't have anything in that game. Um, also say that we didn't discuss these beforehand. So uh, if, if we do have games that overlap, then um, we'll you know once the other one person because I'm talking about the other person will say, yep, yeah, I'm involved in that game too. Um, I'm nothing in that game for me. I I get what you're saying, but uh, don't didn't move on that one. So I'll throw out uh, the game I'm talking about. And if you want to do your power ratings and all that. Kind of set it up and then kick it back to me. Uh, first one I'm looking at is the Buffalo Vegas game. Sure. Yeah. It works for me. I think it's, um, I know I use it all the time in my handicap and I, I highly recommend, just like I said, to get a barometer and see where the market's moving before being able to judge where you're, where you're coming in at. So I definitely recommend uh, taking that information of, of the, this stuff here. So yeah, I'll absolutely do that here. So Buffalo, uh, my power in here, Buffalo minus three, look headline. Buffalo two and a half. The Westgate opened Buffalo two and a half, and the total here opened fifty one and a half. All right, yeah. I'm. Uh, you, so you said the total opened fifty one and a half, right? Correct. And now it's up to like fifty two and a half. Um. Yep. It looks. Give me a second. I'm on the wrong screen here. Uh. Yeah. It's fifty two. Yeah. Fifty two and a half. There's a. There's a couple fifty threes. Yeah. Fifty two and a half. Stuff with prevailing number. All right. Um. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna look at the under here. I I don't like I've been on I've been saying that Vegas is a good over team. I still think they are. I definitely uh, think they lean to the over. But I think why this number's so high is Buffalo has had a couple of high scoring games here the last couple of weeks. You know, last week obviously that back and forth or one half they go nuts on offense, and then the second half the Rams go nuts, and there's 67 points scored and the week before against the Dolphins and it was 31-28. Uh, I think they're kind of getting a little bit of uh, momentum is with Diggs and that offense that they're going to be more of an over team, whereas like last year they were just a dead nuts under team. And even though like their their offense is uh, you know sixth and in, in DVOA and uh, Vegas is ninth, you I mean you'd think that that would tend to lean more towards an over, and then you. Uh, you look on the on the defense on the the contrary, and Vegas ranks 31st, and um and Buffalo is 24th. So all the all the numbers point to this point spread being pretty fair. And if anything, you could take a look at the over just strictly based on statistics. But I just I think that's been kind of misleading so far with Buffalo. I mean, last week I think was just kind of more of an anomaly, and then they played a couple of really bad teams, and. Meanwhile, Vegas has played the the Patriots, who I think the jury's still kind of out on, and then the Saints and the, and the Panthers, which I guess the Panthers are more of an under team. So it just seems to me like they're kind of bound for a regression as far as having a lower scoring, uh, more of a grinded out game. And I think with Carr, even though they are more of an over team, if him he's checking it down and Buffalo is playing solid defense, I think it could just burn a lot of clock. When I mean, you're talking about getting up to a you know, above 52 and a half, 53. It just seems like, I don't know, it's a, it's a high total for these two teams. So it's not 
Not my most necessarily technically sound handicap with, uh, you know, a bunch of statistics and numbers driving it. It's, it's more so along the, the gut feel call, but it just feels to me like, uh, this is going to be kind of a, I don't want to say a down spot for both of these teams, but it's just going to be more of a, a lethargic grind it out, grind clock and, uh, you know, somewhere in like the low forties type total for me. So. I, uh, um, yeah, that's my first pick is the under in the, the Buffalo Vegas game. Where are you going for number two? Um, yep. All right. So yeah, quickly on that. I, I, I guess I was leaning over. So I guess I'm kind of surprised. I thought for sure you're going to be betting that game over. So I would have been wrong there if I was betting that, <laughs> yeah. uh, pre, pre, uh, breakdown. But anyway, yeah, my next game for my second one here, I'm going to go with a pretty sexy game and that is, uh, Jacksonville at Cincinnati. I'm sure everyone's just dying to watch this game, but. You know what? When you uh, can find value or you think you have value, I'm going to go ahead and go with it. So right here, uh, my power rating for this game, Cincy minus one. Look at line Cincy minus three, even money. The Westgate opened Cincy two and a half. The total here opened 47 and a half. Um, right now, it just seems pretty, seems like it's a three pretty much across the board. So yeah, pretty much prevailing numbers. So I mean, uh, like my power rating suggests, I, I feel like this is a play on Jacksonville. I think this is uh, taking the plus three here is, uh, again, a must. It's, I'm glad it's not two and a half. I think this is a three. I don't really see this move, this game moving any higher. So I think it's it's fair to bet it right now or find a bet Jacksonville plus three now. It just seems like since he, they basically played five quarters of football, they had that overtime, like we already mentioned, against Philadelphia, tying in overtime. And that was kind of a, a game where, of course, they, you know, were the, expected uh, result of course they hung in that game and covered the point spread so they played better than expected and uh, I, a lot of that has to do with Philly you'd assume but that, that was a game where I thought Philly's gonna go in there and blow the doors off of Cincy I think I mentioned that on the podcast last week I didn't bet it but that was kind of the feeling that you th- thought you have and that, that didn't happen so I think that was kind of a, a, a decent effort I guess you'd say from from Cincy's perspective if, if you want to say that if, if you don't want to be a bash in Philadelphia but to me I think Jacksonville coming off extra rest getting embarrassed on on prime time and and uh, against Miami there. It just seems like this is a pretty good Jacksonville spot. I, I do worry with, with a little bit with that, uh, that they're just not that great of a team. Like they were supposed to be such a bad team coming in, but I think Mitchu can, he seems like he's kind of a little bit of a, a Jekyll Hyde type of quarterback. And it seems like if he gets it together, I, I think I'd rather have Minshew here uh, than Burrow, especially just he's got a, a little bit more of a track record and can able and, and is able to play the, the, the whole game. So I feel like this is going to be a bounce back spot for Jacksonville. And when you're giving me a, Give me the field goal and also my power range suggests and align with that as well. I feel like uh, I definitely got to take Jacksonville uh, plus the points here. Well, here we go. We're uh, we're involved in the same game for the first time. And, uh, yep, I uh, we're actually going head to head. I like the other side. Wow. I, <laughs> I I get what you're saying as far as spot wise. It definitely favors Jacksonville with a little extra time to prepare. Since he off the the full five quarters with the tie and just a super ugly game where both teams just looked absolutely abysmal in Philly. You would, uh, you know, you would think this would be a great spot for Jacksonville. And I, I think it might be, but I, I, I think that that week one game against the Colts, it, it happens every year where there's like one or two results in week one that totally go against everybody's perception coming into the year. And then it throws people off for like eight weeks until you finally kind of comes back and, to what you expect to going into the year. And I think that might be Jacksonville this year with that win against the Colts, which looks even better now the way the Colts have been bland. Um, I think it's going to be a deal where Jacksonville isn't as bad as people thought coming into the year, but I think they might be close and that's just going to throw people off. And 
I don't want to say create value betting against them, but it's going to kind of keep the numbers a little bit more in check than than they could be if they would have got uh, beat uh, by the Colts. And even you know, and they've been competitive. But don't get me wrong. They, against the Titans the next week, they easily could have won that game and was a shootout. Um, and as far as Cincy goes, obviously they haven't won a game yet. So now asking them to lay lay a field goal is is somewhat of a taller ask, but it. I think they very easily could have won that game against the Browns. They should have beat the Chargers week one, and they easily could have won that game in Philly last week. So it's not the the toughest of competitions, but I think in a in a strange world in an alternate universe, like since he could be three and zero right now, and I don't think they're that good of a team necessarily. So I don't think it's like their record super misleading. But even if you look at uh, you know DVOA now which I don't really like to look at the first like week or two, and even now it's still a little early. But once you get a, a handful of games in the sample size, I think it starts to kind of iron out a little bit uh, more to what what team's actually ability level is. And you look at Jacksonville, and they're pretty low down um, as far as their – I guess their offense is kind of middle of the pack, and the Cincy offense is middle of the pack too. And then you look at the defenses, and Jacksonville's at the very bottom, and Cincy's is top 10, which I don't think is probably going to last. But I think if I had to trust one unit to just, even like with the eye test, has looked the best so far this year, I think the Cincy defense out of the four of them is probably the, has looked the most solid over the course of the three games. Whereas Jacksonville with Minshew, I think they can, they can, they're kind of hit or miss offensively, and I feel kind of similar with Burrow and, and the Cincy offense. So I think you're not sure exactly what you're going to get out of either of those units. And the defense for Jacksonville, I'm pretty confident it's going to be bad, whereas the Cincy defense, I would say, is probably going to be middle of the pack. So I don't know. It just seems to me like even though the spot might not be great, I uh, I, I think it's a pretty fair number here. I'm going to take the Bengals to go ahead and get their first win. So our first head-to-head spot. Head-to-head. All right, where are you going with the next one? Well, let's see if you can uh, tail me again here, uh, tail my pick again, and then uh, go against me right at the end. Let's see. I'm going to go with – let's see, which one I have next. I'm going to take a look here. Uh, I'm going to go to the Philly Philadelphia-San Francisco game. Uh, my power rating here, San Francisco minus five. Look at line, San Francisco three and a half. Westgate open, San Francisco five and a half. And the total here open 44 and a half. This one here, I mean, I, I don't. I'm, I'll be honest. I don't. I don't absolutely love it. That's just kind of more of a value play. I'm, I'm just taking. I'm taking Philly in the points. I mean, I think a touchdown's a lot of points here. Uh, it feels like Philadelphia needs to wake up. And, and like I said, I thought they were going to show up last game. So that's a pr- kind of a red flag that they didn't weren't able to handle business against Cincinnati last week. But um, it, like like I said, I feel like this is just a really good spot, especially in a, in a primetime game. And it seems like when you're getting this many points, especially with the San Francisco team that's so banged up. I feel like a lot of people bet against San Francisco last week, not just sharp, sharper people, but also maybe some more public people just because, okay, we'll take a shot at the Giants. The, the Niners are so banged up, and, and, of course, the Niners came out with their hair on fire and looked like it didn't really matter who was playing. So I feel like there's going to be some support here for San Francisco after the way they played last week, and I feel like this is a time where you know, it might be a type of upset where Philadelphia comes and gets a win here, even even though they're getting seven points here. So I, I kind of liked them on even on the money line, taking a shot here. And also get the points. Again, it's not, not one of my stronger plays of the week. It's more just a value play, but I feel like uh, this is about probably my last opportunity here with Philadelphia. If they don't show up here and cover the spread or, or win this game outright, I feel like 
they're going to be uh, a team that's going to be tough to back here the rest of the season. So it's going to be my last uh, ditch effort here at Philadelphia, plus a point. All right. I can see that. I have a team in a similar profile coming up, but not involved in that one. Uh, my next game just feels like something that I take all the time, and it seems to not work out more than than it does, but it just seems like it should. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Detroit against New Orleans. Uh, you want to go ahead and give your numbers for that? Sure. Yeah. My power rain here in New Orleans, three and a half. Look headline, New Orleans was four and it got bet all the way up to five and a half uh, for the look headline now we're talking about. And then the Westgate opened this after the Sunday, Sunday game was, uh, New Orleans five and a half as well as what it closed at there at the, uh, look head. And then the total here opened 55 and a half. All right. Yeah. So I, I, I like Detroit. I think catching four at home, I don't care that much about being home, but it just seems like New Orleans this year, especially with, like I talked about before, the breeze just doesn't look right. And they could have very easily won that game against the Packers if they went to Broaden Hill and fumbled later in that game. So I don't want to overreact just what we saw last week. And it looks like Michael Thomas might be back, which obviously is going to help quite a bit. And you potentially worry a little bit about uh, Detroit going out to the desert, getting their first win, then coming home. But the fact that they're two games back of Chicago and Green Bay in the division, I don't think they're going to be too satisfied at one and two. I think they're going to keep keep trying their hardest. And I think they're just a team a, a little bit like the Falcons that I think are going to be in a lot of back-and-forth, high-scoring games where you know one or two fluky plays or whoever has the ball last kind of decides it more often than not. And I think in some years New Orleans would have been good enough where they're just going to put up you know, 35 on Detroit without even blinking, and Detroit might not might struggle to keep up with them. But I just don't think this is that New Orleans team. I think they're more, you know, mid to high 20s and more so. And I, I think Detroit shouldn't have too much of a problem throwing against the Saints defense that has given up 37 points, 34 points, and then even 23 in the week one against the Bucks. So, um, just I, I don't think, think this number is necessarily way off, but it just seems like catching points. And, and these type of games with, with these type of teams just seems like it's gotta be the way to go, especially when it's over a field goal. So yeah, Detroit plus four is, uh, is my pick here. Where are you going next? All right. Um, I'm going to go. So this gets a little more dicey for me. This is a, this is a little bit tougher of a card. I know last week, if you looked at my release plays, definitely had a big slate there. I think I had five plays released. Uh, this one's going to be a little bit of a, small, a shorter slate for sure. Um, I don't know how we should do this because my strongest game of the week was definitely that Pittsburgh, Tennessee. I had, I like both side and total. So right now it's off the board. I don't know. Have you heard anything? What the recent, I, last I heard is that they're going to try to play, maybe, maybe try to play it Monday. Otherwise they're going to kind of, you know, play it by ear type of thing. Have you heard anything different? Yeah. I just heard too. They're going to try to play it Monday or Tuesday. And I actually have one of my five on this one too, that I was going to say, whatever the number is at close, give me that and I'll feel pretty good about it. All right, well, maybe uh, maybe you should go first so I can see it. So instead of you having to piggyback off me every time, I'm going to give my numbers and maybe you'll uh, give a crack at it. Or maybe I'll do right. my total. How about I'll do the total? Let's give okay. an opinion on that, and then you can do the spread, oh. and then I'll come back. So I'm going to do, uh, yeah, this this game here, Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Like we said, this is uh, for people that don't know. Uh, there's a lot of outbreak there at the Tennessee locker room. Uh, the Vikings are also obviously – not not infected, but they're definitely affected by the whole deal because they have to be under scrutiny, more, more scrutiny by the league, of course. So they're not going to be practicing this week. So that's another thing 
for Minnesota backers as well to, to keep note of. But Tennessee, there's multiple tests that were positive, so they have to postpone the game and can't practice all week. So that's why there's no bettable lines right now, and that's why it's a little bit difficult when we're on a Wednesday here to to handicap, or not handicap, but to uh, give out recommendations when we don't know the exact numbers. But I will go off of what was there before the news came out. So like I said, Pittsburgh at Tennessee, my power rating here, Pittsburgh minus one, look headline, Tennessee minus three, even money, and then it got bet down to Tennessee minus two. The Westgate uh, reopened here after Sunday night, Sunday's game at Tennessee one and a half as a favorite, and then the total here opened 47. And, and just real quick, yeah, this is pretty crazy. This is probably one of the bigger movers of the week for sure early in the week was uh, Tennessee open, like I said, one and a half, and just constant money for uh, pressure towards Pittsburgh side, and it got all the way up to two and a half, I think, before it got taken off the board. Yeah, so I'm, I'm following right along with that money. I, I like Pittsburgh quite a bit. I've... uh I thought Tennessee has been pretty fraudulent all the way dating back to last year where I think they're fine. You know, they're, they're okay. I'm not a huge fan of Tannehill or her Henry or just that type of team in general. I think last year their defense carried them a decent amount. Whereas this year I wasn't all that impressed as someone obviously watched every play last week against the Vikings. Uh, I'm just not all that impressed with their defense and I don't think they're going to keep being able to pull out games the way they have. And just look at what they've accomplished this year. They won the uh, the Monday night opener against the Broncos in a game they absolutely should have lost. And uh, I watched all that one on the, the late night game and came away from that thinking that the, the Broncos were the better team. And then they snuck out a game by three against the Jags, which I think is more of an indictment on Tennessee than it is that the Jags are good, which, I mean, all, all these games kind of, you know, obviously you can see how that, those correlate for me with, with my view on the Jacksonville-Cincinnati game and how it kind of comes back to play here. And then also, um, yeah, sneaking by the Vikings in a game, which I thought they absolutely should have lost last week too. So like with Cincinnati, I made the case where I said they could be 3-0, and and that's just the way the ball bounces in the, in the NFL, and these, these margins are so close. I mean, you could very easily see a situation where the Titans should be 0-3 and uh, they'd be, you know, catching – a handful of points against Pittsburgh here. So, uh, I mean, you could, you could make a somewhat similar case, I guess, with Pittsburgh, how they only, they didn't blow up the Giants by any means and they've just been horrific. And then, uh, you know, they were up a decent amount on the Broncos and then almost blew that game. And then last week they were down to the Texans. So, I mean, you could, you can do that any direction, I guess. It's kind of, you're seeing what you want to see to some extent, but I just have going back to if you trust any unit in the game, I think the Pittsburgh defense to me, is by far the best uh, unit of any any of the four. So, I uh, and we go back to the home field. I just don't think being that big of an edge. If this thing, if it's anywhere under three, I absolutely love Pittsburgh. And it's hard for me to imagine it's going to get up through three. And now with this uncertainty, it kind of gives me a little bit of pause. But just based on who I think these teams are, whether the game is played Monday, Tuesday, whatever, under um, anything under three for sure, I like Pittsburgh. So, what are you gonna Agree or disagree? Yeah, it looks like we're going head to head. I, uh, right. I, I, my strongest play, uh, to be honest, was definitely on the total. So I'm, I'll, I'll get there next. But yeah, on the side, I, I like the Tennessee side. I would have been waiting for a three. So for me, it's basically if I could have gotten at a three and I, I thought it was going to get up there the way as quickly as it got up there to two and a half. Like I said, again, we've already talked about it in the past podcast this year, but zero, one, plus one, minus one, you know, that's a, not much there when it moves. It doesn't take a whole lot of money to move it from, 
from those numbers. But when it moved to through two and one and a half two and up to two and a half that quickly, to me that's a pretty good indicator that it was going to get you'd at some point be able to see a three on Tennessee, and that's where my buy price would have been. So again, it's hard to talk when we don't have a number. So I'll. I, I like I, said, I like Tennessee just more of a value perspective and just like a, an adjustment from look at line last week to, to to what it is now. It's basically the the, the majority of it. And again, I don't like you said you made some good points about Tennessee and how they haven't looked that great. But I don't think I'm fully in love with Pittsburgh here, and I think they've gotten a lot of love here in the marketplace because I with Pittsburgh, especially with Roethlisberger being older, I just I think it's hard to for sure back this team. And now they've got a couple wins and look pretty impressive to start the season. So I think people are kind of believing in them more so. So I mean. It could be a buy sign on him, I guess, but I feel like this is, uh, there might be a little bit, there's going to be some more bumps in the road, I think, with Pittsburgh. It seems like that's typically what happens with this team. So I think this is a, a better spot for Tennessee. Um, but again, don't love it as much. So the spot I do like a lot here is the over. Uh, it, it just, for me right now, just in general, it's just hard to bet unders. I, I know I had one last week, so it's not just because I had the one under against Tennessee. It's more so just with no crowd and everything else. It just seems like these offenses are moving, you know, pretty good and pretty at will. And, and maybe the defenses aren't jiving, but, uh, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to take a lot for me to bet an under in a big, pretty convincing case. So I'm going to be looking over most of the time or at least starting that way, which t- typically I'm going to be doing the opposite in uh, prior, prior years. Is gonna be, I'm going to start looking at the under and then I have to make a case to go over, but I think this is a pretty good situation. I understand the Pittsburgh defense is pretty good. I think that's a lot of the reason why this number is lower, but it just seems like uh, both these teams are going to be putting up points and the, the total is 47. And it was getting bet down actually a little bit too, so I was going to kind of wait and see. But yeah, 47 I think is a buy price on the over for me. And again, I won't get into too deep uh, detail because you know who knows in a few days or before kickoff where this where this total is. But if yeah, 47, 47 and a half is good. Anything under 48, I, I do like the over here in this uh, Pittsburgh at Tennessee game. Interesting. Yeah, we're definitely going head to head there because I like I said I think the, the offenses are kind of a wash, and I won't expect either to be super successful, but. I think the Pittsburgh defense might be the best defense in the league or definitely top few. So I would, uh, if anything, I'd bet under there. So that'll be an interesting one. We'll definitely have to, to have that on one of the, the main TVs. That's pretty intriguing. All right. Um, so what do you got? Do you got one left or do you have both of them in that game? Um, that was just one game. I'll just do, I got one more that I'll do that'll kind of just be a split one. So you want me, how many you got left? I just got one. Okay. I'll do one. The, the, what mine are basically the same on both these. I'm kind of just going to watch them, and they're both totals as well. So let me just uh, the 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 two games are Seattle at Miami and Atlanta at Green Bay. So I'll just briefly go over these. I won't get too uh, too much into detail, but quickly here, uh, my power rating Seattle minus seven uh, for the first game. Look headline Seattle six and a half. The Westgate open Seattle seven, and the total here open fifty four and a half. So with this one here, I'm just looking at the total. I'm looking at the over. I, I know it's high. I get it. Uh, but like I just mentioned, a lot of that's to do with the same as my last handicap. It just feels like this is a decent time to bet overs. And I know it could be at any time. I know that they're definitely getting uh, pricier, of course. But this one actually has moved down a little bit from the opener. So I think the fact it opened 54.5, now we're seeing a little bit lower. So to me, it just seems like both the both these offenses are just going to be putting up points. And I feel like it's not overly crazy, and it just seems like a point too, which I'll get into more in the next game. But it just seems like there's a point where this market, it just you know, just oh, okay, it's got to go under uh, just out of principle because of how high these are getting. But it just seems like Miami just putting up points. You look at how much fun on uh, Thursday night Fitzpatrick was having with the team, and he just he's pretty fun to watch with you know celebrations and his beard and all that stuff. But I just feel like 
this team's an over team. They're they're going to be putting up points, and and then Seattle's obviously been doing that, and they can move the ball at will. So it's a more of a simple handicap, and it just seems like there's going to be a lot of points here. And it goes uh, to parlay that into the next game. Same thing with Atlanta Green Bay. Uh, power rating here. I'll just give my numbers. Uh, power rating: Green Bay eight and a half. Look headline: Green Bay five and a half. Westgate open: Green Bay six and a half. Uh, from a spread perspective, and then the total here open fifty eight. This one also uh, kind of similar. Got bet down now sitting at fifty six and a half, fifty seven. So it just seems like again, I don't know who's going to stop who here. This just seems like a quite a few points are going to be putting up. So the, the, I will say the reason I'm not betting them and why I kind of bunch these two together is basically because both these games have pretty high wind speeds uh, just suggested here, uh, predicted for both uh, Miami and, and Green Bay. So that's where the, they're going to be playing. And it just seems like I, I know I've said it in the past years, but that's something I always keep an eye on for totals. I've gotten burned before when betting betting totals, trying to get over whether it be bad weather and, and something that's more subtle is definitely the wind speeds because when they have that high wind, 15, 20 miles an hour, it's just a lot harder to throw the deep ball. And, you know, just kind of like in golf, it's so much harder to play and you're kind of more playing conservatively and, and keeping it on the ground and, and doing short uh, dink and dunk. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on that personally. And if, and if the weather report looks good and it's, you know, winds aren't uh, higher than about 10 miles an hour, I'm going to keep an eye on that before kickoff. I'm definitely going to be looking at betting this game over. But, of course, it's kind of hard there because, like you mentioned earlier, which is a really great point, uh, which I've, I always think about as well. When you're, when you like these overs in these primetime games, like in Atlanta, Green Bay, of course, that's where the public's going to be looking is, is betting these games over. So you want to bet earlier, but, and, and, you know, you're just kind of a catch 22. Do you want to bet earlier and, and hope for a good weather report or, or and, and take a chance and then uh, miss the number? So that's kind of something to give or take. So I'm kind of going to watch this and see where it goes and see, hopefully the sharp's going to hold the under there and then maybe take a shot here if the weather looks good at uh, over 56 and a half. And then on the other game, uh, same thing, over 53. So. That's where I'm looking, and that's kind of my uh, split game there. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good point. And out, outdoor games is not as relevant or not relevant at all, obviously, on the indoor games, but that's something where you do have to weigh that because it, it does feel like, yeah, if you bet a fit over 57 here and then it's windier than hell, it's like, okay, you're not nearly drawn dead, and the number might plummet right at game time, and then you just have an awful bet. So it is, you know, especially when you're talking about non-key numbers up there, even if you do lose a point or a point and a half, but you get a good weather draw, that might be more important and, and supersede it. And so some something to, to factor in. Also, to piggyback on that, the, the defense is, when you look at DVOA and, um, you know, Green Bay's fourth worst or fifth worst and Seattle's in the bottom 10 and, uh, Atlanta's in the bottom 12 and, uh, who's the other one on that? Uh, Miami, Atlanta. Yeah, Miami's dead last. So it's like any time you can bet overs against four of the bottom 12 defenses in the league when you have faith in basically all those offenses, even if the number is six points higher than what it used to be 10 years ago or, you know, what it could have been. It's like that seems pretty doable. So, yeah, like you said, you get good weather reports. I don't mind either of those. Uh, my last one is uh going to – have a have a play in the uh, Minnesota Houston game. You want to go ahead and give your numbers for that? Yep, uh, my power in here: Houston minus two and a half. Look headline: Houston minus four. Westgate open: Houston minus four, and the total here open fifty three and a half. So pretty similar to me as far as the Detroit game. Uh, both of these teams had obviously higher expectations coming into the season. Both zero and three. I think spot wise, it's going to be pretty similar. They're both obviously. Backs against the wall, gonna get best efforts. It's gonna be tough with the the 
COVID stuff, whether that's going to impact mainly the Vikings or not uh, this week. And if you look at strength of schedule, I think you could make a case for Houston, like I did last week, playing the Ravens, Chiefs, and Steelers. And at least last week was pretty close, and they could have covered. But uh, I just think here getting four and two teams that are kind of carbon copies of each other, I think uh, there's a little bit of value on the Vikings. Or four, you know, some four and a halfs, wherever, anywhere in there. It just seems to me like you know, the Vikings are a team that they, well, they got blew out, blown out the first couple of weeks, so maybe that doesn't quite jive with what we've seen. But I don't know. I think they're going to be fairly competitive, and the defense is going to get better as the year goes on. And I don't know if I don't think Hunter's supposed to be back for this week, which would help them quite a bit. But I also think that the Texans aren't necessarily a team I think are going to blow people out, as I think they're pretty suspect on defense themselves and you look and again you know dvoa wise they're in the bottom eight and uh i think watson will be able to put up a decent amount of points against the vikings uh, by by of course but i also think that cousins especially if jefferson can be even close to what he was last week and and with Thielen there and then obviously with the run game the houston just gets gashed week in and week out on the ground so not that i want a better running game necessarily going into the game. But if that can help the Vikings sustain drives, it just seems to me like I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Vikings were up 10 in this game and, you know, just trying to blow it late. But even then, you're still, when you're catching points like that, even if they do lose by a last-second field goal or whatever, you're, you're still covering. So to me, this seems like a total coin flip game. And in, in that situation, I'm going to go ahead and, and take the points and hope for the best. So my last pick is uh, Minnesota here, you know, plus four. I will mention something. I mean, I like I said, my power ratings definitely definitely agree with you there, and that seems like the side to look. I think the one thing of huge caution here is I, don't, I really don't know what the answer is, but just the not practicing stuff, like I mentioned earlier in the pod, how big of an effect that's going to have on them. It just seems like, especially with Minnesota, the way they're not playing all that well and not really jiving, that'd be the, my biggest concern, I guess, with this game is, I guess, obviously we don't know because this really hasn't happened before, but that'd be... I guess we'll have to wait and see here how it's going to affect them not uh, not be able to practice for the full week. Yeah, definitely. It's I'm just kind of treating that as just an unknown of just basically not factoring it at all unless you hear really concerning things. But yeah, that's something where I wouldn't. It was not going to be like my you know lock of the year type game when there is some uncertainty like that. But I just thought the number was playable enough where if it burns you and they just look totally out of sync or whatever, then just because of the week and then not being able to practice, then, then so be it, and I'll take the loss and move on. But uh, All right. You want to go ahead and recap your five quick, and I'll recap mine, and we can do our pick of the week? Sure. Yep. I had uh, Arizona minus three, a little bit extra juice. Like I said, the three is important. I also like Jacksonville, which is where we went head-to-head at, Jacksonville plus three. And then I had the two totals. I guess I'll go in chronological. I also had Philadelphia plus seven. And then the other game I liked was obviously that Tennessee-Pittsburgh game that we talked about. I like Tennessee side getting three or better, and then I like the over 47 or better, or 47 and a half or better. And then the last one was a split game between the totals, which are similar situations, both high powered offenses, not that great defenses, Seattle, Miami, and Atlanta, Green Bay, both in similar situations, higher totals, and they had higher wind speeds. So I'm going to be kind of looking there to play the over, assuming that the weather report comes in nice. All right, cool. Yeah, and I had uh, Buffalo, Vegas under 52 and a half, 53. Uh, Cincy minus three, Detroit plus four, Pittsburgh, uh, minus anything up to three or even three. And then, uh, Vikings, you know, plus four somewhere in there. So, 
All right. Hopefully, uh, it starts off good with this, uh, this type of format here and we can at least go above 500 on those 10 that, uh, we liked or I guess 11. So, all right. Let's wrap up, uh, the pod here and do a little pick of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So I know I dropped mine last week with, uh, Houston catching some points at Pittsburgh after they collapsed hard. But uh, in route of that collapse, the total did get up and over. So you got your pick of the week through. So I think we're both at one and one now here for the year. But uh, you do have the tee box. Yeah. So this one's, uh, like I already mentioned, it's a tougher card for me for sure. Something I'm not, doesn't really jump off the page. I know one of my stronger plays I was going head to head on you with. Uh, I think what I'm going to do here, and it's more just a value perspective. And it seems to me like, I guess I have problems with it because I don't know where this number is going as much as it's tough, especially when I don't know who's going to be quarterbacking for the opponent. So, uh, it, yeah, you know what? I'm going to, I think I'm going to do a little audible. I was going to go Philly, but I think I'm going to do an audible and just do where my gut kind of led me. And I'm just going to take Arizona here laying, it's a little bit extra, but I'm just going to do Arizona laying three. I just feel like it's a, it's a good spot for them here. And, and I think they're going to come in and play pretty strong. So I'm going to go with my first play, which like I said, wasn't what I was expecting to do, but I'm going to call an audible here late and, and do Arizona. Minus three with a little bit of extra juice. All right. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to do the uh, one that we're the head-to-head, and I'm going to take Cincy minus three. I just think uh, they're going to get their first win here, and you got a better quarterback, better defense. I don't know about coach, but, <laughs> uh, you know, home field, which I don't really care a whole lot about. But I think an overall just a better team, and I think it's a good spot for them to get their their first win of the season. So. Let's go ahead and do that. You got Arizona laying three with extra juice, and I got Cincy laying three. So a couple three-point favorites for us here. Not three too points. often we both our pick of the weeks are are laying points, but yeah, they'll turn yeah. yeah. All right. Any concluding thoughts here? No, I do like uh, this format. Hopefully, it'll be a little bit more. Um, I'm try to get some more sounders and stuff. So we can get some uh, something to keep you uh, attentive. But yeah, definitely uh, think this will be better long-term and kind of gets us to the grindstone and pick the picks that we have the most, uh, most confidence in. So yeah, I like this and hopefully we can get on a good, uh, good foot here. Like you mentioned here with this new format. Yeah. Kind of trims out the fat a little bit, makes it a little bit more digestible. Sounds good to me. All right. Yeah. We got NBA finals starting tonight. We got all those baseball games are pretty awesome with all these short series and uh, yeah, Thursday night football tomorrow. And then, full slate this weekend so it's uh it's a great time in sports even with the the weird seasons and whatnot so best of luck everybody on their week four bets and we will be back next week to recap week four and look ahead to week five thank you for listening to the Arone sports podcast check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs including automatic bet tracking mobile notifications free picks and more 